Welcome to this episode of Podcast of Horror, our Simpsons Treehouse of Horror special series, mini-series for our 2016 Halloween celebration at newsaz.com. I am Matt, and joining me once again, one last time this year, are my co-host Karen. Ahoy hoy. And Derek. Hello, everybody. So you gave this series four out of five ahoy hoys. That's how many times you get to say it? Yep. Okay. This is the final episode. This is like a, if you hadn't heard it in our introduction episode, this was a mini series for Halloween. Uh, it's not our first Simpsons series, so it's not probably not going to be our last. But this is the last episode in this mini series, and we got three more Halloween. Or I almost did it again. I almost said Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> three House of Horror segments to cover. It's a good thing we're not playing the shot game with that because we'd all be under the table. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So, all right, as usual, I will start. So this time, I've got one now much better pick than my last one, I'll admit, right off the bat. First of all, it was done in 1999, so anything before 2000 was always a safe bet. So it was actually a Halloween episode. It was on October 31st, 1999. It's from season 11 of The Simpsons. It's the fourth episode and the 10th Treehouse of Horrors. Uh, and the first segment of that episode, and it's called I Know What You Diddly Italy Did. <laughs> So, I can't even say this segment name. Really? <laughs> I know you did. It's usually how it comes out. It's not like you're doing the um, Benny Hill music there. <laughs> so, we start off with Marge driving the family car down a dark road, and apparently, we just missed something pretty exciting. I still can't believe we escaped from those horrible vampires. But it was worth it to get back our super sugar crisp cereal. Can't get enough of that sugar crisp. <laughs> Can't get enough of that sugar. <laughs> yeah, thank you for setting that up because I'll need that in just a second here. Marge is having trouble seeing. Uh, she's, Marge is having trouble seeing and asks Homer if he remember to put the fog lights in. And now Homer, with a full bowl bowl of cereal and spoon in hand and a little bit dripping out the side of his mouth, replies, Guess I forgot to put the fog lights in. <laughs> Uh, so Marge decides to pull over and play it safe, and she immediately hits something as she turns off the road. And she opens a door and says something that's actually pretty heart wrenching, at least to me. And she goes, yes. "Please be a dog." I was like, "No, yes. oh. yeah, <laughs> I'd rather you hit a human." It's like, why not a, a possum yeah, or a right. raccoon yeah. or not a dog? Oh. Yes, that tore my heart out. Yeah. So we quickly find out. Luckily, it was not a dog, but it was Ned Flanders. And after some very professional medical-based stick poking, Homer confirms <laughs> that Ned is dead. Oh, he sticks him right in the eye. Yep. <laughs> uh, we have a great little exchange with a, not even an exchange, just a, a commentary by Bart, because March exclaims, we killed Ned Flanders, to which Bart replies, you mean you killed Ned Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she swears it was an accident. Lisa says that they need to go to the police. And Bart possibly says the smartest thing he's ever said, at least maybe in a hollow, uh, Treehouse of Horrors episode. And that is... Well, they'll never believe a Simpson killed a Flanders by accident. Even I have my doubts. <laughs> uh, but none of this, none of this matters because Homer has a cunning plan. And that cunning plan was to take Ned's body home. And the next day he drags him up to his roof. 
Now, next door, Maud is in the front yard trimming the hedges. And this is now, this is the scene why I picked this episode. Because when I think of this episode, I think of this, this sequence. So, this is the reason I picked the episode. So, um, Homer starts doing like a ventriloquist act, I guess you could say, calls down the Marge or Maud. Mar looks up, sees Ned, and says, where have you been? And Homer, moving his arms, says the best line of this entire episode. Hi, Maud. Diddly. I've been having fun with my pal Homer. Diddly. (laughs) (laughs) Just because of that line, I picked this episode. So, now... um. Or is it? Maud explains that she gets worried about Ned when he goes out for his late night fog walks. Homer continues to talk for Ned, saying that he's fine, but when he does die, I don't want any autopsies. <laughs> Maud tells him to come down just as Homer has set up the scene to have uh, with Ned saying that the roof is slippery. A timer goes off for Maud's pie. She turns her back and Homer throws Ned off the roof. So she missed Flanders' death scene in a sense. Well, the one Homer's trying to set up. So, Homer goes on to plan B, which is he kicks in the front door, yells as Ned again, of course. Hey, Mud, I'm home. Uh-oh, I think I'm having a heart attack. And he just dumps the body on the floor, shuts the door, hears Mud scream, and just kind of brushes off his hands and walks away with a smile. <laughs> oh, Homer. He's my hero. I like the, um, the vulture that was sitting oh, on top sure, of Ned's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, <laughs> up on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> so now we cut to Ned's funeral. Reverend Lovejoy asks for Ned's best friend to come and say a few words, which, for some strange reason, is Homer. I mean, I guess they're best friends. Never really thought about it for this purpose. I guess he is. Yeah, you really don't see Flanders with anybody else. Anybody else? Yeah. And, so. and Flanders did buy him that nacho hat. All right, true. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so another great Homer moment. He lets it slip out that the uh, last time he saw him when he got hit by the car, and then he tries to cover up by saying that we're still looking for the real killer, and in, in conclusion, a man cannot be forced to testify against his own wife, followed by an entirely too long winking at Marge. Marge actually tells him to stop. stop. Nice little run of, of gags there, ending with a nice punch to the chest to Flanders' body as he walks away. So they get home from the funeral and the first thing they see on the front door is written in blood. I know what you did. So they realize someone saw him, but they don't know who. So the camera does a pan behind them and we see Chief Wiggum staring them down. Krusty the Clown, Moe, they're all sneering at him. Sherry and Terry are just standing there with jumping a rope, kind of like the girls from Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know if that's what that was supposed to be, but that's what it made me think of. And then past them is Homer direct, pointing directly at Marge, which is a great shot. I love yeah. that drawing of that, <laughs> that look on his face. So that night, that that later that night, I should say, that rainy night, the family's sitting on the couch and the phone rings. Yellow? I know you're alone. Oh, who is this? Is this Maud Flanders? No, it's... Homer? Oh, hey, Homer, it's Mo. I must have dialed the wrong number. <laughs> so the lights flicker on or come back on, and all over the walls in the ceiling are those words again, written in blood. I know what you did. 
And in the corner of the room is a a figure in a black raincoat and hat and a hook. Uh, this figure chases the Simpsons out into the car and all over the car. In other words, I know what you did. Scratch into the paint. <laughs> and this is a great little bit. They drive off. Homer prays saying, dear God, it's me, Homer. If you really love me, save my life now. And at this point, we see the gas needle drop like a stone to E and the car <laughs> stalls out. So at this, at this point now, the figure is getting closer. Homer tells them, um, or, I'm sorry, Homer has everyone split up. And he has them split up to like every possible uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stereotypical. I can't think of the word. Yeah. I think of stereotypical uh, um, location for a horror movie. Okay, Marge, you hide in the abandoned amusement park. Lisa, the pet cemetery. Bart, spooky roller disco. And I'll go skinny dipping in that lake where the sexy teens were killed a hundred years ago tonight. I love that. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it's just like straight out of Scooby-Doo. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And when he's done with that, he turns to the cloaked figure and says, now Flanders, and he realizes it's Flanders, and the family screams. Well, they asked what had happened, and Flanders explained that you couldn't kill the undead, and with some more scientific-based medical-grade stick-poking, Homer confirms that (laughs) Ned is undead. (laughs) Medical-grade (laughs) stick-poking. Nice. He's undead. So Flanders uh, tells the whole... A uh, story about how he's out on his fog walk. Um, he heard a wolf howl, decided to speed up a little bit. He was attacked, and it was a werewolf. So now Flanders was a werewolf. And Lisa asks at the end of the story, so you were going to kill us? And Flanders gives one of those little uncomfortable laughs and goes, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that little bit. But here's so, my question about that. Uh-huh. Are werewolves considered undead? That's a good question. Not really. I never really thought of them as undead. I always, they were. If you can kill them with a silver, well, I mean, maybe that's. I guess it all depends on your your idea of undead because, like zombies, yeah. you have to shoot in the brain typically. Werewolves, right. you can only kill with a silver bullet. So I guess if there's like an isolated instance of how you can kill these beings, that's maybe a classification of undead. Okay. I can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> They're going to try to filter in werewolves in the next season of The Walking Dead. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie dogs. Oh, no, I'm sad. Oh. Hope that was a dog. Oh, please be a dog. So the clouds, everything's okay until the clouds part and the full moon comes out and Flanders turns into the werewolf Flanders. So the family runs except for Homer, who's standing around a little longer to zing werewolf Flanders one last time. And then Flanders attacks Homer. Uh, they, he Pushes him, or I, I don't know how you say this. He, he leaps on him, and the two fall behind a bush. You hear Flanders eating Homer. There's a pause, and just like one great last line from Homer. Eyes bigger than your stomach, eh, Wolfie? <laughs> and that is it for I Know What You Diddly Diddly Did. So I'm actually really glad... Uh, this one fell into our last episode after coming off the one I gave before because I do really like this. Uh, now, granted, it's like it's mostly middle for me. Well, I don't know. The beginning's pretty funny. The sugar crisp stuff made me laugh, but the whole um, hiding uh, the the like, trying to cover up the murder is probably my favorite part of this. But otherwise, I still enjoyed watching it all together. So, um, 
the uh that that's about all i have to say i do i do like this uh, uh beginning to end so with that um i'm gonna go out strong i think for this mini series and give this a five out of five busted fog lights this one it's not at the top of my my list um only because i i like the beginning uh up until probably the funeral scene um after that there's the, the occasional it, it does make me laugh, like, the, but not quite as much as that. The first, almost like the first half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I th- only think because uh, it takes me back to that god awful movie. I know what you did last summer, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I just that's I true. can't get that out of my head. Anytime I watch this, especially when they start writing on the walls and everything, it's like oh, okay. Um, so it's like I think that part just kind of. I don't know. It just kind of kills it for me th- knowing it's taken out of that movie. And that movie was just horrible. Um, so, but it still is near, you know, one of the, one of the better ones for sure. So I would give this a four broken headlight, uh, fog lights okay. out of five. So it's <laughs> not terrible, it. but still good. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to split it right up the middle and go with four and a half. Um, yeah, that the I know what you did last summer aspect of it was kind of awful, but it was so small that I think, you know, just the excuse to use the diddlies in the name <laughs> kind of yeah. fit. Um, one of my favorite scenes that you didn't bring up is right after they had killed Ned and Homer's coming up with his plan. He's whispering it to Ned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I just love that. Like, Homer's coming up with a plan. And, you know, all the people that should be involved are off camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, buddy, this is what we're going to do. And then it turns into a weekend at Bernie's for a hot minute. It does. Yeah, that um, is true. And also, I've sung the um, the headlight song <laughs> um, at Advanced when I was getting uh, getting the new light bulbs. For, for the last car that we had, I had to get new light bulbs and I was standing in line with my wife singing it to myself. And she just kind of looked at me and was like, um, okay, what, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's Simpsons. Go away. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, you know, I mean, I, it seemed like a real quick one, but, um, but it was definitely enjoyable and, you know, it wouldn't be on my top five right. per se, yeah. but it's definitely one that I enjoy. Yeah, you made a good point. It is a fast watch. It doesn't overstay its welcome. They don't try to f- shoehorn in one more scene when it's when you're just about done with it. It ends. So that's I think a strong point for it too. It could have used a, d- a, a jingle at the end. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that started with a jingle. Oh, that's Can't right. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know what you were saying there. I know what you <laughs> deliberately did there, Derek. Wow, that was really hard to say. All right. Well, that's that. I I think that was a good discussion. It, it you're, you're both right. It's not not the uh, not the best, but it it holds its own compared to my last pick and some of the other ones um, that come after it. So with that, I won't belabor it anymore. We'll go on to Karen. And Karen, what is your last offering for this season? My last one is from season three, the second Treehouse of Horrors. Uh, Bart's Nightmare, All right. the Bart Zone. I want to say off the bat, when I saw this written down, I, and when I hear this, I always think it's the um, terror at five and a half feet. 
Because that's also a Twilight Zone parody featuring Bart. Oh, okay. The one with the uh, William yeah. Shatner. There's a thing on the plane, but it was the, yeah. the gremlin on the bus. On the bus. Yeah. 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 So. There's also a um, Tracy Ullman. One of the Tracy Ullman bits was called Bart's Nightmare. Oh, really? Yeah. He um, he ate too many cookies and and had a nightmare about it. And they they all wake him up at the end. And they're like, it's okay. It's okay. It was just a nightmare. Here, have some cookies. And he freaks out. <laughs> We need to do some kind of special about those because they're just, it's like, how on earth did we get to the Simpsons from those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Karen. That's right. Um, the continuing story in this segment is that um, they've been eating, basically been eating candy all night. Marge warned them that they would all have nightmares. Um, at this point, we've just finished with Lisa's nightmare, which we talked about in, I think, our first I think it was. Yeah, we did the monkey's yeah. paw. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we have Lisa coming into Bart's room after she had woken up, asking if she could sleep with him. He says no, and then she offers him a candy necklace at which he eats all in one bite, <laughs> which always just f- amazed me. I loved it. He just puts it in his mouth and pulls out the, the string. elastic string. Yep. <laughs> I always love that because he always, I always wanted to do that. He always wanted to eat that necklace all at once. Yep. <laughs> but he never could. Um, well, you need to listen to an upcoming best of fives. I was just about to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, this time around, this is the first that I noticed that as we get into Bart's dream, it switches from um, like an om- omniscient point of view to his point of view as he's falling back to sleep and he's he's looking at his crusty Jack in the Box. As he's falling back to sleep, mm-hmm. so I, I never noticed that before. Oh, okay, it gotcha. Yep. Makes gives more sense to what happens. The, later yeah, the on. kind of the main apex of this story. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So his nightmare or his dream opens up very similar to a, a regular Twilight Zone episode, which it's it's parodied off of um, with the voiceover explaining. Presented for your consideration, Springfield, an average little town. With a not so average monster. The people of Springfield have to make sure they think happy thoughts and say happy things because this particular monster can read minds and, if displeased, can turn people into grotesque walking terror. So we see everybody walking around reminding themselves to think happy thoughts. They've got fake grins on their, on their faces. Jasper's walking down the street, verbally reminding himself, think happy thoughts, think happy thoughts. And he stops. Boy, I'm getting mighty sick of this. Ruff, 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 bow, wow. And immediately gets turned into a dog with a Jasper head. It's a Jasper dog. <laughs> he doesn't want a Jasper dog. Look it's at him. Ugly ass dog. <laughs> <laughs> he runs away. Woof, woof. <laughs> uh, so he jumped back to the Simpsons kitchen at breakfast as Bart's walking in and the narrator explains that um, that the monster is a 10-year-old boy. Quite the twist, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, Bart says good morning. The whole family spits up their cereal to immediately you know, say good morning. Even Maggie uh, spits her cereal out, gives him a big grin, takes out her pacifier at the same time. <laughs> uh, as Bart sits down, uh, Snowball rubs up against him, and Bart complains that, you know, same cat every day. He wants to make him more interesting. 
So he turns the cat into... I don't even know what it is. I don't know what you would call this, yeah. It's it's a great sight gag because the the cat's legs elongate. um, The back end turns purple with green polka dots. The front feet have high-top sneakers on them. The back feet are chicken feet. Uh, The tail becomes an umbrella. Umbrella, yeah. The ears turn into daisies, and he breathes fire. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's like the best cat ever. (laughs) I don't know why I noticed this, and I don't know if this ever appears in an episode before or after, but for some reason, the cereal box caught my eye that it was a box of chocolate crunchy Crustios. And usually they're just Crustios. The fact that they're chocolate caught my uh, eye. I don't know if it happens to be just this episode or it's the first time I noticed it, but for some reason, it caught my eye and I wrote it down. Hmm. Huh. That's all. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> uh, so the family praises him for you know what a great cat he made all the changes and at, a, at that point Marge jumps up. Oh good, the curtains are on fire. <laughs> and for some reason at this part Marge is able to remind Bart that he has to get ready to school for school, and he's compliant with it, which kind of surprises me. But as he's walking out of the room. Homer has a great line. He gets it from your side of the family, you know. No monsters on my side. (laughs) Uh So I like to think he's talking about Patty and Selma. Oh, didn't even put that together. I thought (laughs) it was just a Homer, like just passing blame, but that's even better. Yeah. Uh, Bart gets on the the bus, says hi to everybody, and it's either Sherry or Terry. Jumps out of her seat screaming, yeah. runs to the back of the bus. I love that little touch. Like he could have just got on and everybody screamed, but to have someone jump up and run away from him, I mean, he doesn't even do anything. Um, and he tells Otto to move over, he's driving. And immediately Otto's like, Sorry, man, I can't do it. And he realizes, Oh, you're that kid with the Marley little powers. <laughs> yeah. So he lets Bart drive. Otto's manning the gas and brake. Bart's telling him to lay off the brake and give it more gas. Otto's all excited because we're all going to die, aren't we? (laughs) That's such a great line. Yeah. Uh, So they're flying. They go flying by Eddie and Lou while they're sitting there eating their donuts on their motorcycles. They yell, hi, Bart. You know, (laughs) as if it's a regular day. Um, uh, Next, we jump to this outside the school and you see the bus. Laying on its side, mm-hmm. there's tread marks on the road as if he just came to a screeching halt and, and dumped the bus over. Which, which is probably, did. probably true, yep. Yeah. Bart's sitting in class in a throne. He's got Sherry and Terry on either side of him. One is fanning him with a palm. The other's holding a milkshake for him. Um, and Krabappel oh, is... Don't say milkshake. My stomach still isn't recovered. <laughs> hey, those milkshakes are awesome. Ugh. Uh, Krabappel is reviewing the test from the previous day, which now history has changed yet again to coincide with Bart's answers. America was now discovered in 1942 by some guy, and our country isn't called America anymore. It's Bonerland. <laughs> Bonerland, which I've pointed out because it comes back. Okay. <laughs> it does come back a little later. Um Skinner comes over to the PA, starts singing Bart a, a little ditty. <laughs> Bart calls for the phone to make his regular prank call to Mo. 
which turns out to be not just, you know, your usual um, name disguised mm, as a No, it's not. Prey. Yeah. <laughs> he, he actually has Mo say that. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. <laughs> Wait a minute. And that's my line of the episode, because I also <laughs> said that as well, word for word. Am I not surprised? <laughs> So we jump back to the Simpsons residence after school. Homer is watching the end of a football game, which he's got money on. Bart wants to watch Krusty, and uh, Homer says no, and he refuses to change the channel. And at that point, they're going for, I guess, a field goal. And as the kick makes its way through the air, it suddenly turns into a big, fat, bald guy. <laughs> and the announcer's all announcers acknowledge that when something like that happens and you know what we say every time something strange happens it's good that bart did that it's very good <laughs> that's such a good one too that is yeah. yep so he turns on crusty who has been on for 346 consecutive hours because one little boy won't let him stop which is 14 and a half days by the way it's <laughs> <laughs> a, a long time, time. yeah um, Homer makes the, it back to the house. The bit I love about the, just to go back real quick about the um, crusty thing is that when he says he's going to go over to see Sideshow side Mel for some of his wake-up pills, the kids cheer. Yes. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> There's totally legal over-the-counter wake-up pills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see a taxi pull up. Homer makes it, comes back to the house. As he's coming in the house, we can hear his inner monologue. Yeah. To not think about what he's about to do. Slowly, slowly, don't make a sound. Don't even think because he can hear your thoughts. And when he's least expecting it, bash his head into the chair and the monster. <laughs> Which, of course, he's already thought about what he's about to do. Right. And Bart <laughs> points at him and turns him into a homer in the box. Marge reprimands him for about half a second, tells him that <laughs> Bart's going to come with her. He turns around and gives her a scowl and she stops his... Please? Please, yeah. So here they go to see Dr. Marvin Monroe, where yeah. the front of his door says Dr. Marvin Monroe, child psychologist, member of the Bonerland Medical Association. Are you serious? That's yes. wow. oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. I did not notice that. So no, I, I was more excited the fact that we, we there was, hey, Dr. Marvin Monroe, forgot about him. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yep. I forget when uh, what season he died in. So yeah. it, was, it was a little bit of a shock to see him. Yeah. Yeah. As a, they had the Marvin Monroe Memorial Wing. Yes. <laughs> I'm the obsessive one. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, continue. Okay. <laughs> so, they're sitting there, Dr. Monroe, um, and he's asking, you know, if Bart loves attention. Bart says, of course. He doesn't, and points out that he doesn't care how he gets it, whether it's good or bad. Uh, he thinks Homer's agreeing with him, at which point Homer says he's not nodding. It's the air conditioning because he's on a spring, so he's just rocking back and forth. That's a great bit, too. I yeah, love that. That's my, that's my favorite bit nice. of this whole episode. <laughs> so the doctor tells him, too bad, because the tension he's craving is for him. So um, he tells Homer he needs to spend more time with him, maybe even learn to love him. 
<laughs> Derek laughs. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So then there's a montage of them doing father-son things. They get a ball game where Homer gets hit in the head by a fly ball. <laughs> Yeah, and I heard the vo- when you said that, I heard my voice, the voice in the head. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they go fishing. They're shooting a BB gun. Uh, they go to church, <laughs> which that's the one that always stands out to me as very yeah, that, odd. It's definitely a, a random pick. But their favorite is my roller is the roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> that's good too. <laughs> yeah. The drop and Homer's head stays there for a while. <laughs> Um, so then you see Homer, yeah, tucking Bart in or trying to with his mouth. And he says how great the last few days have been and wishes there was some way he could repay him. So Homer asks him to give him his body back. And he does. Hey, hey, oh, oh, thanks, boy. I love you, Dad. I love you, son. Yeah. <laughs> which i love because for him that would be his nightmare absolutely yep and that's the end of that segment so this one is definitely one of my favorites um i like that it's a parody of the twilight zone it's actually a parody of one of my favorite twilight zones oh wow uh, so i love the creepy kid with the creepy powers yeah um and uh so i give this I give this five Homer in the boxes out of five. Five Homer in the boxes, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where is Bart's nightmare? Uh, yeah, I this is a, I like this one too. It's pretty strong. Uh, I like this whole episode actually, and I think I think I may have already said that when we did the yeah. the monkey's paw. So this is another good addition to that episode. The thing I like about this, and it happens every time I watch it. Again, I just must like not remember or maybe just not let myself remember so that I can enjoy it again. When you get to the end, just when you're at the end and you're like, what, you know, what is going on? This is a little too happy, right? Every time, right when I have that thought, that's when Bart jumps up and screams and I remember, oh, that's right, yeah. it's Bart's nightmare and it's a perfect, right. perfectly paced out ending for me. So, yeah, um, that along with everything else you said, I don't really have much to add. It's a, it's a five out of five as well. Was it uh, Homer? Homer in the boxes, Homer, you said? Yep. Five yep. out of five Homer in the boxes for me. Um, I'm going to go, uh, with, with the crowd here and say five out of five as well. The, the, the nightmare series that they did for this, uh, was just, it it was so well done. And, you know, I mean, this is one of the earlier ones and it's just, you know, I mean, the storytelling in it was, was really on point and yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the idea of, you know, that dream was a good dream for Bart all the way up to the very end. And then once it became like all sappy and, you know, I love my dad, then that's when it turned into a nightmare. You know, I'm sure Bart would love to have that power and be oh, able yeah. to <laughs> oh, yeah. walk around and do whatever he wants. Um, I did like the, the, the little hint of uh, the B sharps with Skinner singing there. Um, <laughs> Good but, point. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I, I really enjoyed it. It, it. It's definitely one that makes me laugh. Um, it's not one that I quote very often, but it's definitely one that, you know, you have yeah. to watch, and and it does give you a good chuckle. Yeah, nice. It, it's it. I think that it's still strong because they're coming off their f- the first Triassic Horror, which yes. got everything started, and everybody seemed to love right off the bat. So they they came in strong with their second round. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, 
well season three so oh true yes all right well we're at our last segment i think it's safe to say it's the one all three of us have been (laughs) waiting for and i would say in probably no short measure one that a lot of people listening to this series are waiting for so derek i now turn everything over to you i just sit here and giddily listen (laughs) <laughs> well, I was going to do Time and Punishment, but I decided to do a review of the newest episode of Treehouse of Hearts. Oh, God. No, I'm just teasing. I was going to say, uh, you want me to come over there and stab you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is Time and Punishment uh, from Treehouse of Horrors 5, uh, which, as the, as it did the last time we talked about Treehouse of Horrors 5 and the time before that, it aired on October 30th of 1994. Um, I believe this is the only episode that we've done all three segments from i was I just gonna be- ask yeah. i think i think, I if, think so. yeah if you're saying that and i was gonna ask that it, it must be yeah because yeah. wow. i have two of them and i believe karen you uh, you had the uh the third the segment night- yeah the yep. nightmare cafeteria, nightmare cafeteria. Yep. so um i have to think that time and punishment is probably one of the most well-known and loved segments it's definitely on one of the most well-known episodes of treehouse of horrors mm-hmm. um, and it's a a parody of a ray bradbury short story called a sound of thunder um it's all about what happens if you mess with the past what right, happens okay. in the future uh, so we start out a little odd um homer's sitting at the table uh for breakfast and telling everybody how much how happy he is how much he loves his family and what a great life he's leading and you know, it seems a little out of place for Homer, but we'll go with it. Um, when all of a sudden Lisa starts screaming at him and says, Dad, your hand is jammed in the toaster! What's Dad! Finally gets the toaster off his hand. He throws it across the room, which is confusing in a second, and slides down the refrigerator to have a big sigh of relief when Bart yells, Dad, it's in there again! Now, if he flung it across the room, I don't <laughs> know how it got over to the refrigerator, but, you know. Um, so he looks down, and sure enough, his hand is still in the in the uh, toaster oven, so he's smashing the toaster against it again and again and again. He finally gets it off. So he takes the toaster downstairs to the basement and decides he's going to fix it. Uh, and looks at it and says, this shouldn't be too hard to fix. Not with the proper tools. <laughs> Pulls out a giant rock yeah, and starts smashing it. <laughs> um, we get uh, a pan out of the house and you can see that a day has passed. The next morning's coming. They pan back to Homer and he's putting the final touches on on the new toaster, which has all kinds of lights and buttons and it's got circuits and everything. Vacuum tubes. And vacuum tubes. How jets. on earth would Homer ever get a vacuum tube to fire up <laughs> in anything? It's just amazing. Yeah, he's he's uh he's done that kind of stuff before yeah, where he true. has like like he built the uh, the model of the nuclear reactor yeah. for the yeah. children's contest. So yeah, he has sure. that uncanny skill to yes. do stupid smart science. Um, so he's putting the lid back on the toaster and he goes, uh, he goes, now it's time to test it. Uh, he goes, let's give it the toast test. And he pulls a piece of bread out of his shirt pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's just prepared. You got to appreciate that. Um, so he presses the button, the toaster lights up 
and it zaps him and it pulls him in to this long running striped uh, tunnel of clocks. Look at that. I'm the first non-Brazilian person to travel backwards through time. Because we were, you know, we're doing the these reviews, I, I did a little research because oh, uh, I wanted to know who the first Brazilian person to go back in time was. Well, it turns out that the original line was actually, I'm the first non-fictional character to go back in time. And they changed it for some reason. And and Matt Groening has gone on point to say that he has no understanding as to why they changed it and has no idea who the first Brazilian was right. to travel back through time. I saw that too. Yeah, it's very <laughs> odd. And I think it's great, the idea of, if they had kept it that way, of, of Homer believing that he's a non-fictional character. Right, yep. Yes. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that he's a real person traveling back through time. Uh, so he, he utters that line, and all of a sudden, um, Peabody and Sherman from the old Rocky and Bullwinkle show up, and Peabody lets him know that he's actually the second person, and Sherman agrees with him, to which Peabody yells at him, Quiet, you! Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that reference. I grew up watching uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Me too, so yeah. That, that, that really tickled me. Um, so Homer lands in, in the time of dinosaurs or the time of dinosaurs before they were confined to zoos. Um, you hear a little fake Jurassic Park music in the background. Um, and he starts to panic. And then he realizes, I just have to remember what my father told me on my wedding day. <laughs> if you ever travel back in time... Don't step on anything, because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. So Homer's being very, very careful, and all of a sudden, a mosquito flies up in his face, and he smashes it, yelling, you know, you go squish, stupid bug, you go squish. (laughs) And thinks to himself, well, it was just one bug. It couldn't have possibly caused any problems, could it? And as he's asking that, a giant sloth looking thing walks by and just goes, <laughs> you know, which just was kind of random and fun. Um, so he returns to the house and everything looks normal at first. And then all of a sudden a TV morphs out of the floor and Flanders is on it. Homer looks at it and goes, what the hell is he doing on the TV? An alarm goes off and Bart looks at him and goes, didn't you remember that Flanders is the un- uh, unquestioned Lord and master of the world? <laughs> So the house gets picked up and taken over to the re-netification center where the sign on the wall says where the elite meet to have their spirits broken. Yes. <laughs> um, so the first, the first thing, um, they suddenly put Homer in Ned clothes. So all the men are dressed as Ned, and I guess all the ladies were dressed as Maud. Um, oh, yeah. I, the Ned stuff stood out. The Maud yeah. stuff I didn't catch. I get it. Okay. Um they put Homer in, uh, they put the whole family in chairs and they put these giant hooks in their mouths to increase their smiles. Homer looks at the guy next to him and goes, hey, what are you smiling about? <laughs> um, so after that's done, they're going to have a, uh, a nice glass of milk and a full frontal lobotomy uh, <laughs> to which Homer starts freaking out again. And Mo says, it's not that bad. You know, they let you keep the little piece of brain. Oh, hello. Hello there. Who's that big man there? Who's that? <laughs> Homer turns around and sees the family has already been lobotomized. And, and they say, join us, father. It's bliss. <laughs> and just kind of drone off. Um, Homer decides that he's got to go back and try to fix things. So he starts running back towards the house when the, uh, the dogs who at one point shot bees out of their mouth start chasing Homer. 
uh, and he realizes he needs to he needs to outrun them. So he pulls a chain of hot dogs out, and instead of throwing them to the dogs, these wieners will give me the quick energy I need to escape. Which somehow worked. It did. So, yeah. It did. Yep. Uh, so he he gets back in the house. He hits the toaster again. He goes back in time, and he's like slowly stepping over every little thing. He's getting chased by a T Rex, and he's like dodging rocks and dodging plants and dodging animals and whatever. And he finally gets to the end of it, like right near the water, falls over and squishes a fish. Oh, I wish, I wish I hadn't killed that fish. I love that line. <laughs> I think that's that, my favorite line. Yeah, that's a, that's a definite quoter. Yeah. Um, he goes back in, into the house and there's nobody there. And then all of a sudden you see a giant eyeball in the window. <laughs> Bart rips open the roof of the house and goes, hey, there's a bug in here that looks just like dad. Let's kill it. Lisa says, okay. And the thing that I didn't understand is Bart's voice is exactly the same, but Lisa's voice gets significantly heavier. Yes. yes. I noticed that too. Yep. But like a little uh, more uh, uh, evil or scary yeah. voice. Or like giant. Giant voice. That's, yeah, probably, yeah. that's probably what it was. Yeah. So Homer runs back down to the basement again. Uh, he's getting a lot of exercise. If he had one of those Fitbits, it would have been exploding <laughs> at that point. Uh, so he runs down again, goes back in time. T-Rex screams at him and he sneezes. And because he's bringing in new germs to this environment, T-Rex falls over. Uh, he sneezes, he falls over. Then the next one, and then the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And it's just this chain reaction. Of all these dinosaurs falling down, he just looks at it and goes, "Oh, this can't be good." That was that's my part. Uh, the, the dinosaur chain reaction is yeah. is my favorite scene. I tried to count them. I'm guesstimating seventeen because there's like just like a, a a burst of them at the end. Yeah. So, but somewhere around seventeen of them in this domino effect. I love that bit. <laughs> I, I love when the pterodactyls just start yeah, falling yeah, out yeah. of this. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, so he's pretty sure he's screwed when he gets back. Uh, he gets back into the house, goes up the stairs, and he opens up to this gorgeous, gorgeous house. Uh, he starts talking to the kids. The, Bart brings them the newspaper, just the funnies. Yeah. Um, Lisa asks if they're going to take the Lexus to Patty and Selma's funeral. <laughs> yeah. uh, Maggie's sucking on a pacifier with a giant diamond hanging out of the front of it. And... Um, He's all excited. He's got everything he could ever want. So he says, Marge, dear, would you kindly pass me a donut? Donut? What's a donut? <laughs> Homer freaks out and runs back down to the basement to uh, go back in time again. Meanwhile, it starts raining donuts and Marge just looks and goes, oh, it's raining again. And that might be the most cleverly written joke of any Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Of any. any Treehouse of Horrors? Yes. Oh, God darn it. <laughs> Everybody drink. <laughs> Everybody drink. <laughs> uh, exactly right. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought it was great because, I mean, that would have just been the life for Homer. You yep. know? Yeah. I always uh, feel bad about that. <laughs> All right. I know, yeah. right? Like, had he known. Yeah. So, Homer goes back in time for the, let's just call it fourth time. Um, <laughs> and opens the door to Willie, and this is the continuation of the joke from the Shinnin. Willie looks at him and goes, "This isn't your future. This isn't your timeline either." But I can get you there if you, if you just do exactly as I say. And then all of a sudden, axe in the back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they pan down, and it's Maggie who pulls out her pacifier and says, 
this is indeed a disturbing universe. <laughs> and it's uh, James Earl Jones yep. doing the voice. Yep. A so. return from the first one. I know. That's awesome. Uh, very exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so he runs back down again and starts smashing on the toaster. Um, we get a chain reaction of the house turning into an igloo, uh, the Flintstones house, an old timey McDonald's underwater for some reason. Um, the, the little old lady who lived in the shoes house (laughs) and then Bart as the Sphinx. And I thought it was a nice touch that they knocked the nose off the Sphinx. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, they zoom out to Kang and Kodos up in space. Foolish earthling, totally unprepared for the effects of time travel. <laughs> what happened to us, Kodos? Quiet, you. So finally, Homer is done beating up the toaster, going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And he comes upstairs and Marge is putting breakfast on the table. And she's like, hello, dear. How are you? You know, kids are being goofy at the table, doing whatever they're doing. And he runs up to her and grabs her by the arms. and goes, what's my name? What color is this guy? What of donuts? What? For the love of God, tell me. Homer, the sky is blue. Donuts are plentiful. Friday is TGIF night on ABC. What's gotten into you? Nothing. Nothing at all. Let's just eat. So he, you know, he he takes a giant sigh of relief and figures, yeah, okay, I must finally be home. Sits down to start eating, and everybody starts shooting their tongues out like uh, lizard tongues to pick up the food. And he looks around the table; it's all pensive music, and he goes, "Eh, close enough." Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Ah, oh, that's such a good one. Yeah. yeah, this episode is by far my favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite for Halloween. I uh, see. I almost did it for uh, Treehouse of Horrors. <laughs> Double drink. Finish your drinks because Derek said it. Um, I this episode has so many quotable lines that I get used not just at Halloween time, but just like around. Yeah. You know, I I can't tell you how many times I've gotten fish and chips at a restaurant and go, oh, I wish, I wish I hadn't killed that fish. <laughs> um, you know, it's got great storytelling. It's it's got some great animation effects in it. Um, I love the whole idea of Ned being the uh, supreme ru- ruler of the world yes. and what that would do to our universe. But yeah. uh, overall, I would definitely give it uh, a five out of five pieces of toast. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's the best one. It's the gold standard for Triassa Horrors. I mean, it's, it's one we all, and if you haven't heard uh, our kind of, I don't know what we would call it, pilot segment of this. It's in our the news as Halloween preview episode from the beginning of the month of October 2016, if you're downloading this later. Uh, we actually did a draft of who gets to do what, prompted by the fact that all three of us wanted to cover this one. And Derek had won out. And it's just, yeah, it's great. The opening is just one of the funniest openings, not just of Triassic Horrors, but of The Simpsons. He could have put his hand in a toaster a third time, and I still would have laughed a third time. <laughs> The, the uh all the things he does uh, both by accident in the past and then when he goes nuts and perp- uh, on purpose like smashing everything like hitting things with a bat and stomping that one bug like seven times into the ground <laughs> makes me laugh every time the the, the alternate realities um the of course the raining donuts uh great episode um 
one little thing I noticed this time that I don't think I noticed before. Again, watching real closely it doesn't enhance or detract from it. it. Just I just noticed it when he's running past the screen of like five Neds, the, the individual Ned eyes follow him. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's like that just kind of caught my eye. Uh, but it's always nice to to learn to find something new. Seeing it this many times. I looked up the same thing about the Brazilian time traveler as Derek did. So that was a new <laughs> aspect to put on this. So yeah, I mean, this is, this is it. This is the top of the heap. Five out of five pieces of toast for me as well. No question. Yeah. I've got absolutely nothing to add. It's five out of five. Like I can't find any, anything to critique about it. It's just, uh, it, it's another one that I would watch any time of the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, five out of five pieces of toast for me. Alright. Well, that is it. Not just for this episode, but for this mini-series. So, let me thank everyone that listened, and as importantly, let me thank both you, Karen and Derek, for joining me in this. I had a blast. This is not the first sentence things, thing we have done together. Won't be the last. We actually already have one Best of Fives plan. We just need to somehow carve out some more time, but Beside that, let me thank you both again for joining me with this. I, I, this is something I wanted to do for a couple of Halloweens, and I had a great time doing it with the both of you. Well, thank you. I had a good time, too. Cool. Yes, Can't wait I, to do more. It was great to be able to go back and watch all these again. Yeah, yeah it gave me an excuse to go back and watch them. <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. Than you just needed watching one. Them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just watched them. This, this time I could say to Kevin, research. Right. <laughs> Listen, I got to take notes. Yeah. I have to. So, all right, with that, that does wrap up this miniseries, Podcast of Horrors. If you're just tuning into this, there's four more before this, and there is the our draft in the News As 2016 Halloween preview show. So go back and check them out. I want to thank everyone that took the time to listen to this. Uh, I'm sure people are still finding it after Halloween. Thank you for downloading it. Um, check out everything we do at News As. That's at neozaz.com. We do have one other Simpsons special on Best of Fives, which I think we either talked about in this one or the last episode. It's called The the Most Quoted Simpsons Quotes in Real Life. We're working on another one now. I know Derek is working on a series for mm-hmm. based on The Simpsons. We won't say anything about that, so we don't put any pressure on him, but I'm sure it'll be good. I know he wants to do it right. He's a big fan of the, the show. Hasn't proved that already, just to hammer that home. Yes. So it is in the works. Nice. So, yeah, check that out. Follow that progress on neozaz.com. We also have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash podcast. We're on Twitter with the handle at neozaz. All right. Sadly, wrapping up the series, I'm going to thank Karen and Derek one more time for doing this with me. Thank the listeners one more time for downloading and listening to this. We'll be back with more Simpsons coverage. We may even be back next Halloween with some more Treehouse of Horrors coverage. But until then... Today, the day this is released is Halloween, so happy Halloween, everybody, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.